Welcome to Bossy, Brilliant, and Badass, a weekly conversation about business, careers, and personal development designed to inspire, educate, and motivate you, and sometimes ourselves, to show up powerfully, live fearlessly, and to find and unleash your inner badass. I'm Lisa Lindsay. I'm Liz Green. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Bossy, Brilliant, and Badass. I'm Lisa Lindsay here with my becoming co-host, Liz Green. <laughs> hey, Liz. Hey, I'm becoming her, I think. <laughs> and we will learn about what that means when one of our favorite guests of all time, Julie Ciardi, comes on. Yeah, exactly. I know that one's a little weird because becoming can have like an another meaning. (laughs) But in this particular case, it's all about being and sitting in that space of being, which is very, very cool. But before we get to Julie, how are you feeling? Because I think this is episode number 99. 99. I think so. If my math's right, Right. This is episode 99. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was looking back at our podcast. I think it was the day before yesterday. I was like, oh, it's 97. We have to be getting close to 100. We are. We are close to 100. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So this lineup is super exciting. So having Julie Ciardi, mm-hmm. then our 100th episode, which is amazing. Loved it. Yeah. Loved yeah. it. And then we have a couple of guests right after that that are just fantastic. I can't even wait for everybody to hear the lineup that's in store. It's fantastic. Yeah, so it's very cool. But yeah, having having episode number 99 is sort of like a place that I didn't know that we would get to at all, to be honest. But here we are. Here we are. So and nice. plans for more, right? To just kind of keep going. Yeah, keep, keep doing. Going. Keep going. Keep being her. And continue to set goals for Bossy Brilliant Badass, you know, just like our audience hopefully is doing. And if not, they're going to learn how to do that in a little bit more of a way that doesn't feel overwhelming after they listen to this episode. Yeah, 100%. All right, let's get Julie on. Let's tell everybody really quickly who she is and what she does. So Julie is a former Fortune 500 Marketing Vice President. And she is now, like I said, one of our favorite people. She's a business coach. And she is on a mission to help thousands of women become their best selves with purpose and passion. Julie, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm amazing. As I said to you guys in the green room, I was so happy to see you both on my calendar today. It's always such a treat and just so fun to be back with you both. It's so awesome. I know Liz and I loved our conversation with you so much. And I think there are times when we are talking with other guests that we use one of your little phrases that you dropped, which is take imperfect action. And I'm like, can I pretend that that's mine? (laughs) Oh, it's not mine either. It's not mine either. You know, I feel like at the end of the day, there's really not a ton of new ideas. It's just that, you know, we hear something from someone else, you know, a mentor, a book, a podcast, 
And it resonates so much and it becomes part of our mantras, right? Part of what yeah. our marching orders and it really sticks with us. And so I love it. I cannot take credit for that either. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I think it's because I am such a perfectionist that that's probably why it resonates with yes. me so much. Yes, it resonates <laughs> for me for that very same reason. And yeah, and yeah. also, I don't know if I told you this the last time, but my brother said, oh, I just, that podcast you did with Julie Stiardi, that's my favorite one. He listens to all of them. <laughs> I love it. And I, I only work with women. So I'm like, it's so funny because I'll have men, which I'm like, do you work with men? I'm like, no, <laughs> sorry. I just don't. I love my women. <laughs> yeah. We get them in every now and again, periodically we'll have men on, but I mostly gear Woods women. And if I can't find a woman to talk about a topic that we're looking for, yeah. anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of, yeah, speaking yeah. of women, <laughs> you've rebranded. So tell us about that. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's so interesting as I teach my clients, right? You know, when you're an entrepreneur and you're creating a business, you really are an artist and you are creating, you are creating something from nothing and it's amazing. And you need to really keep your eye on your clients and what's working and what's not and where are they getting stuck and all the things. And the funny thing is we still have clients. We have clients renewing into their third year with us. So what we're actually doing behind the scenes isn't that different. How we position ourselves has been morphing and changing. And here's why. One of the things that I've discovered along the way is I've been watching my clients and watching women and seeing, you know, what's going on is we so often want to jump to the how to do anything, right? Like, how do I do this? How do I do this? And when I was first building my business, I very much was positioning myself as, as a marketing expert. I was a marketing vice president at IBM for 20 years. I love marketing. Marketing is definitely a zone of genius for me. And women were coming to me for help in their marketing and starting their businesses, helping their marketing, getting them launched and all of those things. And we still do a lot of that, but here's what I was finding. What I was finding is that it wasn't so much the learning how to do marketing. It's that they needed to actually work on who they were being and how they were showing up because I could teach them everything under the sun about how to do marketing, but they weren't really taking action. They were stuck in the knowing, but really weren't doing and they were kind of stuck in it because it requires pretty much the biggest personal growth you can ever, as you both know, could ever imagine is when you're having your own business. I grew more personally in the last four and a half years, and I'm turning 48 this year, right? I'm no spring chicken, right? So I literally, like I've grown more in the last part of my 40s than I did in like the 20 years of corporate. And I had a pretty big job. But it requires a lot of growth. And what I started to notice was that my women needed more support and help and the cliche word mindset, but it was the truth. She needed that support in that inner personal growth required to actually execute anything that I was teaching. So we really rebranded and morphed into, we don't just teach you the how, we can do that. We got the strategy, we know all the how, we can teach you how to do all that. But my job, what I feel my mission is, is to help women become that version of her that's actually doing the thing, that's actually creating the business, putting herself out there, writing the book, making the podcast, doing all the things. And so really kind of shifting into this idea of you need to become her, you need to become the version of you 
that has already achieved that goal. And when you start to think like her, when you start to show up like her, it's funny, you actually then start to act like her. And that's when you start to see the results. I love that, Julie. I think that that is so true. And I, I mean, I see that in myself personally. I agree with you in terms of personal growth in the six, five, six years. And I would even like narrow that in to say the last three years of really working on my business because before that, I don't know. I feel like maybe I was playing a little bit. <laughs> I was playing entrepreneur. But you know what I find interesting about what you're saying? As you were talking, I was like, it's almost as if you're saying she already exists. You got it. You nailed it. <laughs> on my back. <laughs> you got it because everyone's looking outside of themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I always say I hate to be the bearer of bad news, right? Because it's is every marketing strategy works. Every mm-hmm. marketing platform works. I don't care if it's mm-hmm. Instagram, Pinterest, you know, LinkedIn, doesn't matter, right? They all work. Every sales strategy works. Every business model works, right? Mm-hmm. Group one-on-one memberships, online courses, it doesn't matter. They all work. How do we know this? Because if some people are having success, they all work. Right. And people can give you examples of their success with every Everything. single one of these. It wasn't things. the yeah. thing. It wasn't mm-hmm. the business model, the marketing platform and all this stuff. But we look outside of us for we it's got to be this thing over here. Maybe if I just try that, then I'll have mm-hmm. success. And really, it's exactly what you said. It's actually already inside of you. She already exists. She already exists. And she actually is your most amazing inner guidance system. And the cool thing is, and again, it doesn't really, no matter what you believe, whether you believe in God, universe, source, power, I feel like probably most of your listeners, like we believe something, right? Mm -hmm. The cool Mm -hmm. part is is when you go in, you're not doing it alone either. And Mm -hmm. that's what's so cool. Like, I just got the chill saying that, like, because it's just the truth. Like your inner guidance system is the version of you that already has that goal achieved, but you're in this co-creation mode. When you go in, you get these intuitive hits, you get this inspiration. And I love it. Even in the book, the old book, Thinking Grow Rich from the early 1900s, he said that when you get those flashes of inspiration and those intuitive hits, he's like, act quickly because that's a message from source, from God coming to you to take action, you already know what to do. And I feel like that's what we really work with our women to do is to actually trust themselves more to go in, to know that you are hundred percent capable. We're all capable of achieving our goals. We just have to actually tap into that inner being the, who we already are, probably a version of us that existed freely back in the day before all the shoulds kind of came all around us, you know, but I got to tell you, like it's already in there. I mean, you start to really listen to her and you start to get into that co-creation mode and you get quiet and you start to shut out all the noise that's out there. You can do pretty amazing things. Wow. I love that. I'm, oh, that's it's so inspiring just to know that she's already in there. You don't have to, like you say, go out there, go find it and, and try and hear and feel your intuitive self through the outer world somehow that you just get those pains and you just, you know, when you get them, right? Yes. Like you feel it. Yeah. I get Mm -hmm. the chills. You know how you get the chills? Like you get the feeling that comes over your body and it's like, we've lost the ability to just tune everything out and tune into that feeling. And you know, like, you know, and what happens is, is I think, and I, I teach my clients this all the time. 
shut out the noise of social media, of like the scrolling, stop scrolling, just stop scrolling, stop scrolling, stop listening to 5,000 different podcasts, pick the couple, pick the couple that you're like, I'm going to go all in with these people. I'm going to go all in with this coach. I'm going to go all in with how this person teaches this. What happens is, is that we bounce around like a, you know, on a ping pong table because we're like, oh, maybe that will work. Oh, I should try to do consults that way. Oh, I should go on LinkedIn. And we actually never fully go all in on trusting what we know our clients need, our market needs, how we intuitively want to build our business. Because I think we miss that too, because we want to intentionally create these businesses or this life or this career or whatever it is that we're building that lines up with how we want to do it. And that's huge. Well, yeah, because it's quality of life. It's what, you know, if we're doing what we think other people want, we're not really sitting in that place of satisfaction for ourselves. I'll give you a great example. So I can remember, you know, when I was first starting my coaching business and I would hear from some mentors, some guides would tell me like, you just want to book your calendar full of consults, get your calendar booked with consults, then they'll convert and you'll get the one-on-one. And again, intuitively, my whole body was like, oh, no, (laughs) I do not want to be on one-on-one consult calls trying to close people in. No. And so I very like early on, I started my business doing some consults to start getting one-on-ones. But I got to tell you very quickly, I eliminated that completely from my business model. We haven't done consults in like two and a half years. So like I had a physical reaction to that idea of like having a calendar full of consults, right? That wasn't in alignment for me. And so you just pay attention. It's funny how your inner guidance system really does know like Mm -hmm. what resonates and what doesn't resonate. You can feel it actually in your body. You know, I love that you say that. You feel it in your body. And I've had a similar experience as well, right? And it's like, which clients to take on? Like, which clients I know I'm going to have trouble with or not? And often what I try to do is, if no one's around when I'm taking a meeting, I try to tell somebody what my first instinct is about that meeting. And I'm thinking of something that just happened recently. My friend's son was here while I was taking a call with client and he said, oh my God, that sounded like it went really well. Are you going to take it? And I said, yeah, it went really well, but blah, 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 this kind of client. And I heard myself saying, no, don't take that client. Like, Mm. even though I was kind of, and I honed in on that idea of like, I know this client is going to be bad for me. And when they come back and say to you, hey, we want to hire you, you have to say no. See, you know, the should piece that comes out. Right. No, what you're going to get this money. Do you know how much do you charge them? And that's going to be monthly recurring. And maybe you just take it for the three, six months that things are usually fine, but until before they get, you know, like the whole conversation that you have with yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's hard to get to, right? Like that's a hard person to be. So I'd love to talk about that because, you know, you talk about sort of the knowing to the doing, which we all know is mindset. And it's like, what sits in that gap, right? Yes. It's everything that sits in that gap is the thing that we are all trying to fight, whatever that might look like for each one of us. Because I think it might be a different thing for each one of us. It might be a different thing for each thing. <laughs> totally. And you, you said the words exactly. It's a gap and we've got to close the gap. 
right? Mm-hmm. So I really feel like you guys are very intelligent. I'm intelligent. The women that are listening, men that are anyone's listening, you, I mean, you're listening to this podcast. So you're intelligent. Well, you are capable. You're you're, you are. Right. You're That's badass. Sure. You're brilliant, right? You're right. ambitious. We're all capable of so much, right? And we also know a lot, right? So we think about the knowing doing gap. I studied with Bob Proctor and he really teaches on the knowing doing gap. And God rest his soul. He just passed away a few weeks ago. And he's just such an amazing man. I learned a lot from him. I mentored with him over the last year or so. But he talks about this knowing doing gap and this idea that you could have certifications and credentials off the end of your business card. You know stuff, but it doesn't mean that you're actually doing the things required to achieve the results that you want. Because when you know something, if you're not taking action, you're not going to get the result that you want right? So a lot of people spend time in consumption mode and in planning mode. Planning is not doing, right? So we stay in consumption and planning and we know what to do and we know how we were going to do it, all the things, but then we're not doing it. So how do you close that gap? Well, here's the most interesting thing. It is the growth of you personally that takes you from the knowing to the doing. You have to become her. Like you have to actually say, okay, if I want this result, like let's use just you're starting a business and you want to get to $10,000 a month in your business, recurring revenue, $10,000 a month. It's kind of like that first milestone or so when you're starting a business and you want to get to that $10,000 a month. That's the result that you want. And you know that you're going to launch your coaching business and it's going to be one-to-one and this is what you're going to charge. And you actually know it's probably only going to take 15 clients to start getting to 10K a month, right? Let's just say that you already did the math, you know, you know the platform, you're going to go on the whole thing, right? But then to actually go and take the action required every day, how you're showing up, having persistence, hearing the no's, making some mistakes, being imperfect, all the things that go with it, unless you're doing all those things, you can't get to the 10,000. So then you're stuck, right? And you can't get to the results. So what you have to do, and this is like an amazing shift. I think it's an an incredible shift to do. It could be any goal that you have. It could be a business goal. It could be a health and fitness goal. It could be a relationship goal, okay? You have to look at what you want, what that result is. What is it that you desire? What do you want? And then you got to look at it and you say, okay, the version of me that has this, the version of me that has $10,000 a month coming in from my business what is she doing every day? How does she feel? What is she thinking? Right. And you kind of come up with, again, I call it the to-be list instead of the to-do list. Like you kind of then make that list. Well, she's disciplined. She's making lots of offers and getting on consult. You start to kind of like, you just know, by the way, and you just start writing down all the things that she is thinking, feeling, and doing. Okay. Just super simple exercise. But the funny thing is, you know, And then you kind of look at that and you can even come up with some characteristics. Like you could say disciplined and determined and persistent and organized, right? And these to-be lists starts to form. And then you got to take an honest look. I say a compassionate, honest look. We have to be compassionate with ourselves versus judging. But you compassionately look at yourself like a scientist and say, okay, this is the to-be list. Am I being that today? Right? And you'll go and you'll be like, you know what? I am, I'm not being and showing up like this and doing this. That's the gap. 
So the gap becomes, I need to be disciplined and organized and I need to show up even though I don't feel like it. I need to have calendar integrity. And like, do you start to see that you bridge the gap by actually already being the person that you know you actually can be? But now you're giving yourself kind of that map, right? And then the beautiful thing is it doesn't happen like that, right? It's not all of a sudden like you become this perfectly disciplined and calendar and integrous person. You kind of like practice it. You know, there's a quote by Cary Grant where he's like, I I practiced being Cary Grant for so long, I became Cary Grant. You got to try on this version of you. And you've got to actually start to build that trust with yourself that you're becoming her and you're not falling into the old patterns and the old habits and things that you've always done, right? And you are becoming this new version or this version that's just really has been with you all along, but you're like dusting her off and, you know, really starting to step into her. It takes time. And it takes you to be, like I said, compassionate towards yourself and say, oh, you know what? I didn't do what I said I was going to do again. I said I was going to record that podcast or I said I was going to reach out to five podcasts to be on and I didn't do it. All right, I'm going to do it tomorrow and I'm going to take this step to become her and do what I know she would do. And it's just this process. And if you keep checking in with yourself on that to-be list, on visualizing yourself as her, I like to look at that goal and think, well, how would I be feeling right now? Like if I was having the $10,000 a month coming in every single month, how would I feel? Can you tap into that feeling now and start to take action from that place? And it's a process and it's work, but trust me, it is so much better than sitting in this knowing and not actually ever closing that gap. Yeah. Yeah. You said a lot there. It's super fascinating. And so I think for me, where I might struggle with a piece of that, what I do with myself, and I already know the answer, but I'm going to put it out there anyway. Say I didn't kind of do, be this throughout the day. And, you know, there's always tomorrow. I do have a, one of those, but you didn't do it. And that is certainly not a helpful voice, right? And it's certainly not going to be helpful for me then to step into it as a fresh start the next day. Do you have any pointers or guidelines around that? We call her the noisy roommate in your head, okay? The noisy roommate. Here's what it is. And this is where you get the compassion for yourself. So would you actually just say, of course, she's going to say that rather than Part of the drama that we create for ourselves is beating ourselves up that we're even beating ourselves up. <laughs> it's like, it's, like, yeah. it's kind of crazy, it's like right? It's this crazy meta cycle. Exactly. Of- so instead, if you're like, of course she's going to say that, because here's what I always tell my clients. Most of our thoughts are habitual thoughts, okay? Most of our thoughts are thoughts that we have thought so many times over so many days, weeks, years, and decades they are just ingrained in there. They're habitual. They just pop up without you even trying. So because that took all that time to treat yourself that way or to have those thoughts or to have this come up, we have to have compassion for that and say, of course, she's going to keep coming up. And thank you. And I know you just want to protect me from moving to this next place I'm going. But that's where you have to understand that it takes time If it took you decades to have the habitual thoughts you have now, whether it's money or your discipline or, you know, not doing what you say you're going to do or whatever, 
Like you are, it's so ingrained and your brain is made that way. Your brain is made to go, oh, you keep thinking that thought? I got it from here. We're going to put that on repetition, (laughs) right? Like I got it. You don't even need to worry about thinking that anymore. We're just going to keep thinking it. So it's made to be that way. So that's great. Let's use it in our favor, but it's going to take time to develop the new thinking. So we always say, don't try to change the old thinking, just start to develop some new thinking. And it's a daily practice. It really is. It's like, what thought can I really, I call it a leading thought. What leading thought do I want to have today? What leading thought can I have all day? And sometimes I start with a feeling, like what's the feeling I want to have today? I want to feel like bold and ambitious. Whatever that feeling is I want to have today, what do I need to think? And then you can even like put it as a reminder on your phone where it pops up. That one thought comes up during the day for you to look at. Like, oh, that's right. I want to be thinking this, not thinking my habitual. It takes time. Space, time, repetition is required for things to really start to develop a new pathway in your mind and, and just to have patience for that and love yourself as you're making those shifts. Yeah, I love the expansion of that on this idea of really pointing out and highlighting that it took decades for us to form these opinions and these thoughts and these habits. And you're not going to shift that overnight. Just kind of sitting in that idea and that thought is really helpful because like you said, we get back to the place of beating ourselves up because we beat ourselves up because we beat ourselves up. It's nonstop. And then you don't go anywhere. And here's another really important piece that may help your listeners, right? So what happens is when we get into that space of like maybe beating ourselves up or whatever, right? We're still in the identity of the person that doesn't have the goals achieved. So let's keep using the 10K because it's just a simple example, right? So try to make 10K in my business. If I am assuming the identity of version of Julie does not make 10K a month, that's who I am. I'm going to stay in that spin. I'm going to keep beating myself and up all the things. But if I start to step into the identity of I am Julie that makes $10,000 a month, You've got to try that identity on. You've got to step into her shoes. It's not going to feel comfortable at the time. You're going to mess up. But what's interesting is you start to like observe yourself from that angle. You're like, would I be feeling like that if I already had the 10K a month? Would I already be doing that if I was making 10K a month? No, right? You start to actually use that as your inner guide and you just start to tap into it. Like, would I do that? Would I say that? You know what helped for me recently is, and this is where we get trapped in the shoulds. Like when something is a should goal, I call it like a should goal, we fight against it. We don't want to do it. Okay. Like I should eat healthy. I should work out. I should be on social media promoting my business. Right. But when we shift the gears to no, it's not a should, it's actually tied to a bigger dream. We change our mindset on it. So I'll give you guys a great example. As I've been building my business, I had the should, like, well, I should be making more time to work out. I should be making more time to exercise my body. I should be making more time to take better care of like what I'm eating. But because I kept saying it was a should and something I should do with no, but I got to work on my business. It was almost like an either or for me. Like, well, no, the little time I have, I have three kids, I'm working on my business. And then it clicked because I went into that mode of, okay, like right now who I am trying on is eight figure CEO. Okay. So that's who Julie is working on right now, like stepping into her. What does that look like? She has to move her body. 
not because I should, but it's a requirement for the goal. So I started traveling. I spoke on two stages in the course of a week and a half. I need to be physically able to do that. I need to be able to be on stage with energy and serve and give. I need to be able, and all of a sudden when this shift happened in my mind, it's because I was going into the identity. I said, no, version of Julie that I'm stepping into, of course she's taking care of her body. It's part of the dream, not just this thing that she should be doing. And ever since I made that shift, ladies, I go for a walk. I like a two and a half mile walk every morning. I love it now. It's not a should. I feel better, but it's tied to a desire and to an identity that I need to assume to go after that goal. Does that make sense? Absolutely Absolutely makes sense. And you know, the should always, whenever I hear it or I think it or I see it, it always feels like somebody is wagging their finger at me. (laughs) And if other humans, people listening to this podcast are like me in any way, shape or form, if you start to tell me what to do, you definitely ain't getting me to do it. Exactly. (laughs) So even if it's me telling me what to do, (laughs) it ain't getting done. No. Right? Like you should be doing this. I like this idea of sort of embodying the spirit and the energy of the person that you want to be, who you are becoming, right? Whatever she looks like, whatever she's doing, what her day is made up of, by embodying her and sort of envisioning that, that helps you to get there. And the other thought I was having as you were speaking as well was it brought me back into this mind of it's manifesting a little bit. So this idea that people kind of tell us to say, I am, and really affirm it as opposed to say, I would like to be, or I am an eight-figure CEO, Julie. And if you are it, then you become it. (laughs) 100%. Your brain is always listening. Like the law of attraction is just the law of cause and effect. And it just is. Like it's like a magnet works a magnet. It just, you attract where you're vibrating. It doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. woo-woo at all. But even if you're like, I don't know, I don't do the whole law of attraction. I mean, it's always an effect. It's the law of cause and effect. If you just think instead, if you're a very logical person and you think, right, and that seems kind of woo, just think your brain was designed to take whatever you do or think and all the time and put it on repeat. It's like this computer system, right? And it just takes it and puts it on repeat. Think of it that way. Be careful of what you say. Because if you continue to tell yourself, I am not this, or I don't have this, you will continue to get it because you literally put yourself on automatic repeat on it. Believe me, the affirmations and in the mirror and on the gratitude, I like to bring it down to tying it down to like, well, who am I becoming so I can do this? Like versus like just doing it to do it and to check. It's like another should. Well, I should write the five things I'm grateful for and I should do this and I should journal. Like that didn't work for me when it was attached to the should, right? But when I was like, okay, I want to step into six, eight figure CEO. And I did this from the time I was developing the first six figures and then hitting the seven figure mark, all the things. My brain's listening to me all the time. So I better make sure that I'm programming it in a way that's going to serve me stepping into this role. So I look at the I am's and I am this eight figure CEO and I do this and I do that. It's a way of actually using your brain in your favor so that you start to put things on repeat because it's funny how this works. You start to believe it really. Like when you think about like a kid at Christmas, 
or a birthday, because like everybody celebrates a birthday, not everyone celebrates Christmas. So let's say a birthday, right? A kid knows his or her birthday is coming. They do not question it. They know that result is happening. They are super excited, right? There's no doubt in their mind that we're having a party. I'm getting presents. My day, right? We have to do that with our goal. Because when we say, okay, I have an eight figure business. And if it's done, if it's happened, you know it's this is done. You step into when you feel it and you step into it and you start to be the person where this is actually done. Oh my gosh, you take totally different actions than you'd ever take. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah and there's science behind that as well, right? Yeah. Like the neuro pathways and that is the piece around starting to believe or believing that this actually is possible instead of being stuck yeah. back in the other uh, you got place. it yeah and I like that you grounded this idea of am and this affirmations in a goal right because I was going to say to you well I've been trying to tell myself that I'm a morning person for many many years now it doesn't work so. <laughs> I'm joking. But in all seriousness, this groundedness in this goal, I think is another important aspect of it. Well, you know, my friend, I'm just going to just miss my help you because I had this struggle for years. I think you and I are similar in that we're going to rebel against a should, right? Like, oh, big you should, should, should. So when the, you should have a morning routine and the morning routine should have these things and like, I would try nope. it. And then I would like <laughs> literally have a physical reaction and rebel And when I let go of it, I was like, you know what? I am not going to get up at that hour. Nope. And I'm okay with that. And I'm going to do it this way, but attaching it to my goal. The funny thing is the drama all went away because it wasn't forcing something that wasn't in alignment, right? Because it became that should. Yeah. And I agree with you on that. Like when I think about the morning person thing, I sort of say to myself, not going to get up at that hour. It's not going to happen. And the other piece of that is, is because when it's 11 o'clock at night and everybody else is dead asleep, I'm still here and I'm going at it. So the hours are still the same. Right. So it's sort of like reframing that thinking and that thought process. So Julie, I'd like to move us along a little bit and say, okay, we did all that. We became her. So now you are in fact eight-figure CEO, Julie, right? What do we do next? I've gotten there, right? What do I do? Yeah. Well, the good news is, is you know what to do when you're stepping into that identity, right? And so you know what steps you need to take next. So for me, especially last year, when I knew we were going to hit seven figures last year. So I was already putting by like about September, I was already putting the hat on of the multiple seven figure SEO. What do I need to do? I knew what I needed to hire. I knew where I needed to fill gaps. I knew some investments I needed to make. I just knew, and then I took action. So I would say we usually already know what it is that we need to do. It's It's the taking the action. It's everything. So my big thing is you've got to get really, and this is not sexy, okay? But it's required. If you have a big goal, as much as we maybe don't want to feel like there's shoulds and discipline and the organization and all those things, we can attach to it more when we say, but if I want this goal, I do need to get disciplined and organized and have integrity in doing what I say I'm going to do. Again, back to when you attach it to a goal versus just something you're supposed to be doing, you actually show up in a different way. So what we teach our clients to do is it could be Sunday night, 
could be Monday morning. You have your big now goal. We call it a now goal. Like what is that big goal you're working on right now? So let's keep using our friend that's trying to make $10,000 a month in her business, right? So that's her goal. Her now goal is making $10,000 a month consistently in my business. She has written it down. It is everywhere. She has it always around her, whether it's on a card, somewhere near her. We teach a practice of writing it down every morning and really, really stepping into that feeling. And it's funny how like, you know what you need to do. And then we recommend everyone's different. Some people working full-time jobs while they're building that business or they're maybe another not. They have a little bit more time. Picking one to three things that you are going to complete that day on the calendar at a specific point in time and plan it for the whole week. So what happens, what I find is that people will get to like, they block off three o'clock on Tuesday. I'm going to work on my business. Then they get to three o'clock on Tuesday and like, ah, I, they're not really sure what they're going to do. I don't know. And then what do they do? They're probably going to pick things they don't mind doing. Yeah. Right. And we're not going to always love everything that we do in our businesses. Yeah. You're not going to eat the frog at that point, especially if it's three o'clock on a Tuesday. No, no. (laughs) Yeah. So you got to plan it ahead of time and you put it on the calendar, what you're doing when, and then you do not negotiate with yourself. If you can develop this practice of planning ahead of time, and then you show up and whatever is there, you must do it sounds so simple. It is so hard because our feelings, we lead by our feelings, right? And we're not going to want to do it when we get to it. But this simple practice of developing this habit, because guess what? That's probably what the person that achieved the goal is doing. She's doing the things she's putting down that she knows she needs to do. And so it's doing something similar, like doing it anyway. We call it calendar integrity, right? Like getting that calendar integrity where It's on there. You've planned it. You've made the decision ahead of time. Why are we deciding again and again and again and again and changing our mind? And "Ah, do I want to do this? And then that's a lot of fatigue and we don't move forward. So it's not sexy, but it's a powerful thing. People always ask me, what were some of the things that helped you to really take off in your business? And I would say it was three things. It was one, it was totally talking to my person and only to my person, like, one person that I'm talking to, right? Her problems, her desires, her wishes, right? Dude, that was one. Two was this idea of stepping into being the version that already has it done. And the third, calendar integrity. And I find that calendar integrity is important because even if I step it back a little bit for, because I haven't gotten to the step where I'm putting this thing I'm doing on my calendar that I'm doing for myself or for my business. I haven't done that yet. I mean, those things just kind of happen, but I like the idea of taking it an extra step. But what happens with my calendar is there's two things that happen. And I find that if it's on there, it's happening. That's for sure. And it's especially helpful if it's on there for somebody else, right? We always do that. (laughs) And it's sort of like, oh yeah, I get to certain times where I'm like, I do not want to do this thing right now. But because there's somebody else involved, you do it. So I think there's something in there that I'm thinking about, and I may not say it properly coming out. It's sort of like the other person might be that person you're trying to be. So Hmm. there's something in there that that I want to say, like the person you're trying to be. So the person you are accountable to in that moment 
is that future version Ooh, of yourself. I love oh that. That's so perfect. But that's the truth. That is exactly it. But that's the idea. Yeah. Because as you were talking, I was like, yeah, that's it. Because when I think about myself is I can tell you how many times I look at my calendar that day and I'm like, no, none of these, none of these. But I do them anyway, because there's somebody else that I'm accountable to and expecting me to show up. So yeah. Julie can have this one for free. I love that. You're showing up for her. Show up for her. I love that. That was perfect. <laughs> that, like, that, I love how that's exactly it. That's what calendar integrity yeah. is having integrity with yourself. But I love this idea. It's integrity with the future, the self, the self future that has the goal version. achieved. Because we always we always show up for other people. No yes. problem. No yeah. problem. I love that. And you know, I think too, it's I had this problem and when I was first starting my business and I didn't have this yet. I didn't have that calendar integrity. I was still operating very much on feelings, still being the version of me that didn't have the business yet. So I was here. I found that when I knew I needed to like, okay, work on this particular thing in my business. And if it felt overwhelming, if I felt like something I didn't really know how to do. And I was like, I would like, I would go eat. (laughs) I would like buffer. I would procrastinate. I would go into the pantry and I like had this habit. Like I finally broke it, you know, maybe, I don't know, 18 months ago, but that was my go-to habit when I started to go, oh, I don't want to do this. Right. And so it's calorie integrity has helped in so many ways because I don't buffer like that with, you know, like, well, let's go get some food. That'll make me feel better for a moment, you know, or whatever. So it's Mm -hmm. like, and people buffer with different things, right? Like social media Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. And it's procrastination. It's just a procrastination because we don't really want to do the thing that's on our list. And I think a big piece of advice that I had gotten, and I think it's so true. We may love the lives we're creating with the businesses we're creating. We are not going to love everything we're doing in our business. Nope. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, because we're just not, right? It's no. some of that stuff is not fun. It's like if you go to the gym or work out, a lot of that stuff is not gonna be fun. Or have a family. I don't like to cook. <laughs> I don't like to do laundry and be love to eat. And you know what I mean? And so I think some people have no problem with this. Some people can power through their feelings and they just do what they need to do. I find they're usually Enneagram threes. <laughs> they just go. They're like Whatever I got to do, I just that, do Because we, we just three. had a conversation about it. And I'm a three, too. I, I, I it wing it. Well, you did your three as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm a three, too. And I'm like, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I'm a four that wings three. <laughs> okay. Right. But it's so interesting because with something, I just get it done. You know, and I think I wing three when I'm really getting it done. But fours have a lot of feeling. So if you're a three, you could also wing four. And fours operate on feelings. And when we don't feel doing something like we rebel against it right and so if we let our feelings in the moment dictate things we are at risk for not achieving what we want so it's just fascinating right to just be that scientist observe yourself notice without beating yourself up I gave this advice to my 16 year old son this idea of being a scientist and noticing versus judging he was so cute we were on a walk he like took out his phone he was like writing it down. He's like, that's good. You know, like that's so good. And like, it's the truth. Like you've got to observe yourself instead of beating yourself up. And when you notice you can change with compassion rather than beating yourself up about it. Well, yeah. And that's part of, you know, I'm a practitioner with internal family systems and that is called the unblending process. And if you can unblend and have some distance, 
you can find that compassion. Otherwise, if you're all in it and spinning and then feeling it in the judgment, it's really, really tough to find any kind of compassion in there for yourself, right? Yes. Yeah. And I think what you also said, it gives information. It gives you data, right? For me, when I think about that, it's sort of, I know if I'm going to do, we call it focus time, right? So put focus time on your calendar and be specific about what you're going to put on your calendar, but put enough of it because it can't be half an hour. It can't be an hour because for me, it's going to take me half an hour to come down and put all the things in place and do the thing, open up the document, start to think before I touch a button that I'm typing or whatever it is that I'm doing, right? So it's sort of like, okay, I know that I can't put half an hour of focus time because that's not going to do anything. So it needs to be two hours. It needs to be three hours, whatever it needs to be. And I only learned that through observing myself, right? The kind of stepped back that you're saying here, Julie, kind of looking back and it's like, yeah, that's what happens. Especially when I sit down to do something I show as heck don't not want to do. We are going, okay, can I get on TikTok? What are we doing before we actually start to do the thing? So it's like, all right, I'm just going to give myself the space to do that because I'm going to fight it. Like you said, I'm going to rebel and then I'm going to do it. And once I get in there, I may not stop to do the next thing. So recognizing that observation is going to give you data that you can use to help you. Yes, 100%. Love that. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Julie, so much good stuff. I love it. I'm so glad we had you back. (laughs) I'm so excited. All right. What is the one thing you want our audience to take away Mm. from our conversation today? It's the taking a little bit of time. Maybe it's after this podcast. Maybe it's in the morning before anyone gets up in your house and just sit there. And I want you to write down your goal, your next big goal that you're working towards and just envision yourself already having it. Allow yourself to imagine it, feel it, visualize it, right? Athletes do this all the time. It's so normal in the athletic world. When it comes to like a regular goal, like we don't do it. You're visualizing the victory. You're visualizing having it done. How does that feel? And then just ask her, because it's already you, what's the next thing she would do today towards that goal? You'll know. And that's, you're going to take that next step. And if you just do that every morning, Says that one little practice, and then you take the action, whatever that intuitive hit comes up to take that next day, you will be in the direction of your dreams. Success is a direction. So as long as you're taking an action every single day, you're in the direction of that goal. That's it. Keep it simple and trust yourself. Yes. Don't overthink it. Yes. And you have a course called Transform Your Life in Eight Weeks. Well, it's becoming hers the secret, okay? And it's just, it's eight lessons. And it's something that, that short and sweet, they're 20 minutes so that you can get it with some worksheets to help you start to take a lot of what we talked about today. We're talking about the becoming her, the to-be list. We talk about then you do need a to-do list, but how you do that in a certain way, we teach calendar integrity. So we hit on that today as well. And then we talk about being able to, figure out your money beliefs, because that's a huge one as well. And then we wrap up with relationships because we don't do any of this alone, as you guys know. Mm, And so, (laughs) so relationships and our role in relationships, again, who do we want to be in that relationship is all part of it. So it's really a pretty comprehensive, but very, it takes the woo and the practical with very tactical things that you can do as well. What we're doing, we literally, we just keep it in our 
new membership, which is called Ignite Her Society. And when you join, you get access to it. And then you guys will get surrounded by other women that are doing all the same kinds of things to cheer you on and support you. And pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sounds awesome. Definitely. Okay. So where can people find you? Yeah. So you know what? My favorite thing with podcasts, I want to hear from you. I just love to actually hear from people that are listening. So I would love to hear your biggest takeaway or aha from this show and then DM me on Instagram. Say hello, Julie Ciardi. <laughs> Let's actually connect. <laughs> Have a real conversation. DM me on Instagram. Say hello. Let me know your biggest takeaway. And that's my favorite way to connect with listeners. That is excellent. So Julie, what do you think it takes to be a badass? Ooh, it takes you doing something that you never thought you could do. I call it coming out of a cave. <laughs> And into the light, you got to step out of that comfort zone. So to me, being a badass means taking steps that make you feel really uncomfortable towards something that you really, really want. Perfect. Thank you so much for being with us. You are one of our favorite guests, as we said in the beginning. So this has just been so delightful. So thanks for being our badass of the week for a second time. For a second time. (laughs) We did not know that that was going to happen. Double badass. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you for what you guys do. People need this so badly. So really appreciate your focus and effort and bringing this awesome podcast out. So thank you as well. That's it for us this week. Remember, you can find anything we referenced in the episode in our show notes on our website, bossybrilliantbadass.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. It helps us get found. And thank you for listening. There'll be more Bossy, Brilliant, and Badass next week. So until then, be be a badass. badass.